Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 101st episode of the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did with the amazing American singer, songwriter, pianist, record producer and actress, Debbie Gibson. Debbie had a string of hits worldwide in the late 1980s and early 1990s, including Only In My Dreams, Shake Your Love, Lost In Your Eyes and Foolish Beat, for which at 17 she became the youngest artist to write, produce and perform a number one single. This interview took place in 2021, when she released her 10th studio album, entitled The Body Remembers, on her own label, Stargirl Records, and she had her first studio album from 1987, Out of the Blue, re-released as a special four-disc digipack edition by the British label Cherry Red Records. She'd also just featured in the hit TV series Lucifer and performed in Las Vegas with Joey McIntyre of New Kids on the Block fame. What a delight she was to talk to. Hi there, Peter. It's Debbie Gibson. Hi. Always been a very busy artist, but would you agree that 2021 is turning out to be an exceptional year for you? I mean, it really, really has been like, it reminds me of the first year of my career. I mean, really, it's been so magical. This has been like, you know, my dream of getting the new music out to the people and there being this resurgence over here in the U.S. and, you know, now interest overseas. And it's just, yeah, it's my favorite kind of busy. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been unbelievable. Why did you decide to release your first new album for 20 years? You know, it wasn't really like this big intentional hiatus. And also within that time, I did a Broadway album. I did a special album for Japan. I did a ton of theater. And so I wasn't, you know, like sitting around doing nothing but as far as the original pop music goes to me that's the music that's most reflective of a person's life you know and for me it just it feels like the culmination of a really really intense chapter those 20 years especially the last decade that just naturally led up to this music and I've had other big spells of writing in that time but it never felt like the music that was the true next chapter till the songs for the body remembers it just felt like you know if you're gonna wait once you wait 10 years then you wait 15 years it's like when you come out with whatever's next you better be saying something profound and the music better be undeniably great and i just was waiting for that feeling Uh and you know yeah and yeah. does your body remember all the dance routines from your pop heyday? <laughs> it pretty much does, yes. Like, I do I do original choreography from Electric Youth mixed with, with new to this date, and my body definitely remembers, yes. <laughs> You've done a lovely duet and Vegas show with Joey McIntyre. Is he one mm-hmm. of the few people you can really relate to, having had similar experiences as youngsters? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I do the math on how many young artists there were at that time, and there weren't a lot. I mean, now it's like, you know, obviously they have entire award shows for teen artists. But back then, the labels were kind of like, we don't know what to do with these young people. And so 
definitely a lot of relatable experiences, which we have talked about at length. And there's really more of, more so though an unspoken dialogue and an unspoken connection just because we came up in that time. We have had a lot of parallels in our lives from the early pop success to Broadway, a lot of reinvention along the way, a lot of life lived. And, and we both pride ourselves on being very normal people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's a family man. And I, you know, I, I live a very low-key life when I'm not performing. It's like it's me and my dogs and my friends and, and you know, nothing. I don't have to walk around acting like a star 24-7. <laughs> Neither does he. We know how to turn it on and off, and that's a very, very strong connection we have. And we're also always looking to evolve and up our game. Debbie, you have had remarkable talents since you were only five years old. How do you explain it? Where did they come from? Oh, my goodness. You know, it's like, it, it's, I think that a lot of musicians um, and maybe, you know, painters, I can barely paint stick figures, so I, I'm a terrible artist in that sense. But um, I would say a lot of artistic people would say it's like being born with the knowledge of a language. It's, it's you know, art and music is its own language. And I, my dad was very innately musical, is very innate, innately musical, has a great ear. My mom's got great rhythm, and I always joke, thank God I got my dad's sense of music in my mom's rhythm, because if it was in reverse, <laughs> I de- we definitely wouldn't be having this conversation. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, again, I'm going to use this word magical. It's like when songs come to me, they come to me as a songwriter, kind of like if you were... If you were just driving in your car and and some hit song from the radio was playing in your head just because it's catchy and you were Mm. hearing it, I hear new music that way. It's like it was already written in a weird way, and I just feel like it's my job to write it down and get it out. It's um, very mysterious, and I love that about it. Your mum said in an old interview that the first song she remembered you copying as a kid was Billy Don't Be a Hero. Is that still a favorite of yours? Oh my gosh! I mean, I could literally. I'm at my. I'm. I'm. I'm um, restraining, refraining myself from going to the piano and playing it for you right now because oh, I could do. play it. <laughs> ah, right here. Don't be a hero. Come and you make me a I had to do. But yeah, um, it's. I would say it's not something I have on. You know, on a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Lives in my memory. It's ingrained in my memory. Yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> How well do you think your parents handled you going into show business at such a young age? I mean, it was really kind of a strangely natural thing in our family. Like, my my parents luckily were never pushing us to do one thing or another. You know, there are some parents, they grow up wishing... You know, it wasn't like my dad wished he had boys and tried to make us a soccer team. You know, it was like my parents were very tuned in to what we wanted to do. And from, you know, for all of us, it, it was arts related. But then, you know, I have a younger sister who veered off more into art and design, fashion design. And for me, it was clearly music. And my dad would drive me to auditions and lessons and even do theater productions with me. So it was very much a family affair. And my mom, even though she did not go to college, she was not formally educated in that way. She always had a business savvy and she always had an eye for talent and she had a street smart about her that that obviously fared well for me. Yeah. So 
you know, she, I said this to her just two days ago on the phone, and she's now in an assisted living, and it's interesting because her memory is pretty much there, but for anything showbiz-related, it's sharp as a tack. She is so, her memory for anything to do with my career is, is front and center, because that was her passion. So I said to her just the other day, I said, you and I were put on this earth to do what we did together, and nobody else was going to be insane enough and savvy enough to do what she did, especially those first five or so years of my career. Have you ever regretted not having more regular teens? No, not not even once. Uh, like, seriously, it's so funny because I even remember at that time feeling so disconnected from the excitement of my friends who were applying for colleges. I just always thought, well, I already know what I want to do, and I don't really like like a party atmosphere. Um, I didn't back then. I don't now. Um, I'm kind of like weirdly reclusive or just I stick tight to like a very small group of friends when I'm not performing. And so nothing about that appealed to me. And I was I always just felt like I was on my path and and I was so happy that I was able to, to be on my unique path. How important to you is the fact that you're still the youngest artist in history to write, produce, and perform a number one hit? Well, I'm actually now the youngest female, so I was slightly demoted. But I, Who by? <laughs> Who were you demoted by? Uh, Soldier Boy. Oh, okay. Soldier Boy kissed me through the phone, and he, and he also was 17. Now, I haven't looked up his birthday, but we're like, you know, neck and neck there. But even just holding the record for so long and now being the youngest female, especially... With all of the extraordinary young female writer-producers out there, it's not that it's important to me. I mean, it's definitely an honor. It's also surprising that I've, you know, because I've been the youngest female for like 34 years or something. Um, or I guess longer, because if I was the longest person, like, I don't, I don't even know. This is, a, this is funny that I'm realizing this now, but I don't know if there was ever a solo writer, producer, art, female of a number one. Hmm. So before me, you know, of, of my age. So I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even know who held that record before. Um, so it's kind of mind-boggling, though, that there aren't more, like, totally self-sufficient artists. It's interesting. Um, Sean Thomas, who's 20 years old, who co-produced most of this album, he is that, you know, he's a completely, completely self-sufficient, like he can lock himself in a room by himself and come out with an album, which is mm -hmm. amazing. And the interesting thing, though, is as I've gotten older and evolved, I care less about having all the credit. I just want the music to be great. So for this chapter, there's a lot of collaborations mm -hmm. and I'm happy about it. I didn't need on this album to say Every note written and played by, <laughs> I was like very happy to share and very happy to have everybody's input because I'm so secure in who I am and I'm very specific about what I want to say artistically that I welcome the collaborative energy now. How did Madonna react when you burst onto the scene during her heyday? You know, I don't know. I feel, I mean, I, I met, I had a couple of encounters with her uh, and she was really lovely to me once one time she was um it was at that was it that like a versace fashion show or a goatee i can't remember it was a big fashion show and you know 
she definitely was looking at me like, you know, oh, who's this little, who's this new little pop singer on <laughs> the scene? Um, but the very next time I met her was actually at a Vanilla Ice concert. Oh. And I think she might have been rumored to be dating him at that point. And because she and I were both just having a relaxed night out, we were in the same row, we were seeing a concert, she was really lovely to me. And I know she, you know, she studies voice with the same teacher I study with in New York City. And so, but she, she didn't really ever give me public um, criticism or public acknowledgement, either way. How have you felt always being linked to Tiffany since those days? Um, I mean, listen, I adore Tiffany, so uh, I get it. But it is kind of like, if it comes up now, I think, okay, really, are we still... <laughs> Are we still there? I understood it more when, again, we were the two only teen mainstream pop acts. I mean, so obviously there was going to be that comparison. But at this point, you know, I do tend to roll my eyes a little. I, I tend to feel like there's a power in teaming up. Like we did some dates together, I don't know, sometime in the last decade. Um, and that was powerful. It's powerful, I think, when women team up. But in terms of comparisons, I'm a little bit like, Okay, if you're a, pop, a true pop music fan and you don't know Tiffany sings, I think we're alone now, and yeah. I came out with only in my dreams. I, I do, I do tend to roll my eyes a bit. Okay, <laughs> at this you, point, you, <laughs> you did a very nice cover of Crocodile Rock. You sing every breath you take in Lucifer, and you once cited okay. George Michael as an idol. Have British mm -hmm. artists and the UK always meant a lot to you? Oh, that's such a great question, and that's such a great observation. I mean. Obviously, yes. I think that um, I just think you, you couldn't help it growing up here to feel the presence of obviously the three artists you just named um, and teaming up with Tom Ellis. I mean, obviously, he's a, he's an artist in a different way um, as an actor, although he also is an amazing musical person. And we've even talked about collaborating on my Christmas album for next year. Mm. But yeah, so I do think that... Um, there's oh, definitely always been an influence. I mean, even Tim Rice is one of my dear friends. Oh. And so even in the theater world, I've always, always, uh, yeah. I've Again, you're calling it to my attention now because I, I, I didn't really think of it blatantly, but did absolutely. Your, I mean, Did yeah. your time as a hot pop star go by in a flash? And did you wish you could slow it down so you could savor it more? Well, funny you should bring that up because that's really what I'm focused on now. Because, yes, I, it was definitely a whirlwind first, again, probably the first five years were really a whirlwind, which is why when I eventually ended up in the West End doing Grease, I felt like I was able to take a breath, which was such part of the, so much of part of the appeal of doing theater for me because I got to be one of the gang. It wasn't like all about me. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed that about it. I enjoyed being like part of the team, but but one of my main goals in life these days is to be very present and savor every moment yeah. because a, it is about moments. It's like the whole everyone's whole life is like a string of moments, and you never know when the moments are going to be what they are now. And I am very aware because I've had so many ups and downs and twists and turns yeah. in my health and my career and relationships. Life is so sweet right now. So yes, I am savoring every bit of it <laughs> as a young performer you displayed tremendous confidence have you retained that or do you now wonder how you did what you did at such a tender age Ooh, that's a good question i mean 
I am similar now. I, like, I'm pretty much the same person I was then in the sense that I display a lot of outward confidence. I am deeply confident, but I am also very anxious. Like, I'm a very nervous, anxious, high-strung person, and none of that has changed. So there are times where even I will look at myself like an interview I've done or something on TV or a performance, and I'll be like, wow, I look so calm, cool, and collected, but I remember how I felt on the inside, and my insides were shaking. So I've always had that mix of, you know, that adrenaline and the deep confidence in knowing that I could figure out the way to make adrenaline my friend in order to deliver what I want to deliver. How many years did you suffer from panic attacks, and how did you deal with them? Ooh, um, the first, probably three years was the most intense, like 16 or 7, you know, probably I'd say 17 to 20. And I mean, everything from breathing into a paper bag when you're hyperventilating to learning breathing and meditation and yoga skills. I mean, it's, it's really to this day what calms me down. Like if I'm, if, if I'm a little speedy or anxious, I have to slow down, meditate, do a vocal practice that involves like rhythmic breathing, you know, and, and at that time doctors threw me on medication because it wasn't a moment where I was ever going to stop my entire life to address it. And I didn't think I had to. And as I've gone through various stages of life, I've realized sometimes that is the body and the mind's way of letting you know you're on overload. And so I now take my mental health very seriously and I know when to throw up the white flag. As a little girl and especially as a little showbiz girl, you're not taught that you're allowed to do that. What do you think of the way the hit TV series Ted Lasso has addressed panic attacks? I only just started watching the series, like, literally two weeks ago I've started to watch the pilot, so I can't speak to that yet. Sorry, <laughs> I spoiled it. But I look forward to giving you that answer next time we speak. <laughs> That's all right. What made you go into acting, musical theatre in particular, when you were already in huge demand as a pop star? I mean, my very first dream, like, if you would have asked a five-year-old me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would have told you a Broadway star. And so that was always like, I, I was always doing musical theater as a kid, getting my actor's equity union card at 11 was one of the, the thrills of my life. And so professional theater was always on, uh, it was always a dream and a vision for me. So it really felt like the right moment because in this country anyway, grunge was, Seattle grunge was coming in, everything pop had a huge backlash. And it felt like, ooh, this might be the perfect window of time to pursue Broadway and not try to compete in the pop landscape when they're not being they're not going to be so welcoming to me. You've perfect started timing. many musicals. Have you written one yet? I've written two, actually I've co written two. So there's a musical called Skirts based on a movie I was supposed to do as a teenager yeah. that got put into turnaround. Um, yeah, so I actually went to the original writers, Hillary Carlip and Katie Ford, and said, hey, I've written some music for it, and we have since turned it into a musical, and, you know, it's interesting, it's the good news, the good news and the bad news is we've all had successful, busy careers, and we're always trying to, like, we'll always circle back around 
and go, hey, what can we do with skirts right now? And <laughs> it's a matter of timing. I believe that we will at some point find a window of time to devote ourselves to it because it really takes like 150% of your energy to get a musical off the ground. It's not something you can do as like a side project. And then I wrote a musical called The Flunky with Jimmy Van Patten. That's a dark comedy. It's very Rocky Horror-esque, very like cult uh, cult following, a cult following waiting to happen. And, um, yeah, so we hope to get that off the ground at some point too. It's, it's, it's on the, it's on the list. <laughs> some top artists, some top artists have had musicals based around their back catalog. What chance of mm -hmm. one using your songs? I mean, that has come up before. There was even a production in Florida, like somebody had written one and asked if they could put it up. But it, for me, that wasn't like the be all end all way I wanted to see my music used um, so I would say absolutely that could happen but I think in my opinion more likely would be that I would be involved in writing original songs story songs as well because there's definitely a handful of jukebox musicals that work but I feel connected to theater in a way that I would want to write songs specifically for characters that move the story forward and then maybe intertwine them with some of my hits. Which well-known artists have credited you as an influence, and are there any that haven't said, but you believe you influenced? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Um, you know, so Taylor Swift has said in several of her concerts that I was her first concert, which is lovely. Um, and I would think that, you know, I, I, I see obvious similarities there. Um, and I did meet her. I presented her with a pole star award, like oh God, probably 15 years ago. She was really just starting and she was lovely and, and definitely, um, you know, excited to meet me and complimentary and all that stuff. Uh, and you know, Darren Hayes has become a really good friend of mine and he's someone who always says, Oh my God, I've always loved your music and your writing. So it's more in like the singer songwriter genre. I think like, that that I hear that um, in terms of like who I think <laughs> should or would oh my god that's a tricky question um, Lady Gaga oh that's interesting let me put it this way I am I am definitely surprised Gaga and I have not met and had a love fest yet mm. because I do feel I do feel like there's a similar path in that she grew up in New York she grew up loving theater I feel like if this was, you know, I did Cabaret now almost 20 years ago, which I can't believe Cabaret on Broadway. I feel like Gaga would be also be incredible Sally Bowles. Like, I feel like we're weirdly in parallel universes. We're both pianists. And so, yeah, I haven't heard her reference me, uh, but I would love, I think that, I think that if we met, if we were in a room together, we would have a love fest. And she is coming to Vegas and... So who knows? Maybe that'll happen. What chance of you doing a world tour in the foreseeable? I mean, that's the ultimate goal right now, honestly. Like, um, I just signed with UTA on the talent booking front and, um, you know, the touring front, I should say. And, you know, we're starting, we're, we're going to look to put dates together here in the U.S., but the, the goal is to... The, the goal is to roll this album over the, out over the next year or two or three and, and, and really, really get back out 
into international touring, which took a back seat when I started doing Broadway. You look fantastic for your age and naturally too. What's Thank the you. secret to your youthful appearance? I swear I think you just said it. So when you said naturally, I think because I've not I've not done anything to my face. Like twenty years ago I had Botox three times over the course of a year and then never did it again. Mainly because I'm so sensitive that feeling like my face wasn't fully moving freaked me out and the toxins also wigged my health puzzle out, wigged my body out. And so I just am very natural. I eat I eat well. I, any chance to get a good night's sleep, I get a good night's sleep. I mean, it's real basics. Like, I, you know, I'm looking in the mirror right now. I definitely have lines. Um, I very, I very very creatively swoop my hair over my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you still have outfits so, you wore back in the day. Do you ever wear yeah. those old outfits for live shows? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I've thrown on, like, a costume piece here or there, you know, like, like the electric youth jacket or the vest or whatever, but um, not really like full-on costumes. I'm someone who definitely likes to pay homage to my past, but I live very much in the present. <laughs> what have you thought of the increasing sexualization of young female pop singers in recent times? In terms of the sexualization of female, I mean, that's really always been a thing. I mean, I, they, you know, the execs always were trying to get me in a little black dress and heels before I was ready to do that. And, at, you know, and at a certain point in your development as a, a woman, you can, you know, flip that switch and embrace that, which I do now, of course, you mm. know, and I did in my 30s and whatever. But, you know, I do think there's a lot of pressure on young girls to look a certain way aesthetically. And I'm, I'm glad that, I mean, look, it wasn't as bad then as it is now. People are definitely in a rush to see young girls grow up. How have you felt since about your decision to pose for Playboy in 2005? Oh, I've never regretted it once. It was, to me, a celebration and very much done on my own terms. You know, <laughs> I, I remember them saying, oh, my God, we've never had such a huge clothing budget for a naked photo shoot in, our <laughs> whole, in the whole history of Playboy. <laughs> so I did a very highly stylized, um, in my opinion, non-raunchy shoot and... It was a blast. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who likes to experience things in life, and I don't shy away from experiences, so I really had a great time with it. And I've never looked back. What did your mother make of that, or did she give you permission? Oh, I mean, she was managing me at the time, so she left it to me. I mean, anything in my career that I... And they had come to me like five times before that, and I said no, because I wasn't ready. So um, every time I um, was approached, I really just thought, am I really comfortable? Can I really, you know, hmm. live with this? Can I stand behind this? And um, it wasn't until the, the shoot in, I think it was like 2004 or five. I can't remember exactly. But uh, yeah, I was ready to go. I was excited. I had already played Gypsy Rose Lee. I had already played Sally Bowles. I was very in touch with my sexuality. Hmm. And it looked and sounded like fun. And it indeed was. What have you made of what Britney Spears has been going through in recent times? Oh, I mean, it's so hard to relate um, to her experience because I've had such a different experience. I'm just glad that at this point it's looking like things are heading in the right direction for her. Um, you know, I do think that it's kind of a, it's a horrible thing that, like, she's a national treasure and... <laughs> she's been forced to kind of like live in this degrading situation but I feel like for whatever people will say about her 
mental state or her personality, she has found coping mechanisms and made the most of it. And everybody here, at least, is rooting for her. So, um, and I'm one of them. Do you have any plans to retire one day? And what will you, what will decide that for you? Uh, no, retirement's never been in my vocabulary. I definitely think I will do many different things depending on like if if energetically I want to tour, I'll tour. If not, I'll want to maybe write and produce for other people or sit home and score films or, or, or there's like a long list of um, versatile, versatile career goals I have, but I can never imagine like this, like I feel like I'm living the life of what people aim to be living when they retire. They aim to be doing what they love and that's exactly what I'm doing. So I never think of this as like a job that I'd be looking to get away from. I'm living my glorified hobby and my dreams every day. Final question. How do you want to be remembered yep. when you leave this planet? I love that question. I really want to be remembered for kindness. I mean, I just think, you know, and, and my song Legendary on the new album is all about that. I just want to be known as someone who's always rooted for people um, and who put that above and beyond my own selfish pursuits. <laughs> By the way, Debbie, we both have sausage dogs. I've got two, you've got three. No way! No. That is fun. Thank you so much. All the best. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.